Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on uh, the Best Coast Boys Podcast. You can also follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are one day away from the NFL draft. Uh, it really snuck up on us. It seemed, I know it's um, you know we've been covering it for the last three or four months, but I'm always surprised at how fast it gets here. Yeah, it's like you get into this, uh, you know, when, when you're doing the draft, it's like you get into this rhythm of just kind of week by week going through this stuff. And especially with like us, when we podcast, you know, five days a week, Yeah, you, you just kind of get, you're grinding through, you're doing you're doing the work, uh, and then and you just kind of know that in the future, uh, the draft will the, will come. And you don't really try to look up too much because, you know, it... it it's when you're far out. It seems like it's gonna it's gonna be forever, right? Yeah. But but, but then suddenly you look up and and you're you know it's Tuesday or Wednesday of the week of the draft, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, it's it's in hours instead of days. Uh, so it's it's just fast. It's just funny how that flip switches from oh this is forever. I'm just not even gonna look at this to oh my gosh, it's this week. I I hope I've got everything done. I, I think one of my favorite things about the draft process is all the ebbs and flows, right? Like we yeah. if you're on Twitter at all. Uh, you see there's players of the day that everybody's discussing and arguing about or positional value, and uh, that kind of helps us get through the draft process and you know figure out all these players and these different names. So uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I can't believe it's already here. Um, but before the draft gets here, Landon, we need to talk about some guys that are buried at the bottom of the Cowboys roster that could impact their draft plan. So uh, there's a couple of guys that I think that are maybe – uh, maybe rookies last year or young players that are low on the depth chart that maybe impact the Cowboys draft. Maybe there's a certain player, let's say at linebacker, that the Cowboys really like. And maybe that's why they're not going to address that position early or something to that effect. So today we've got, oh, I think, what, seven names we're going to talk about uh, that could impact the Cowboys draft plans. And let's start at receiver because I do think this is a position – uh, where the Cowboys have a lot of names, maybe nobody has stuck out as a potential number three option, uh, but there are some guys down the roster that I think we are both intrigued by. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the guys like Noah Brown and Devin Smith, who could certainly have impacts. Uh, but the first one I want to bring up is Cedric Wilson. Um, Wilson is entering his third year in the NFL. Uh, the first year he was basically out all year with a collarbone issue, uh, played a little bit more last year. Um, what do you think about Cedric Wilson and his chances in the 2020 season with the Cowboys? I think the first thing we have to mention is that, you know, more so than previous years, this group of players, uh, we have just very little idea of what their Mm -hmm. future is here because a new coaching staff, because the coaching staff is going to view these guys completely different than the previous coaching staff. Uh, you know, I think that some of the, I think a lot of these guys, uh, you know, are liked by the scouts and probably were, uh, you know, probably liked by the new coaching staff as well. But I think that does add an element of wild card to this. Um, I, I, I think Cedric Wilson is a guy, though, that, you know, just young, uh, uh, has some uh, refinement to his game, a little more refinement to his game at this point after, you know, coming into his third season. Um, I, I think that they, uh, 
the the reports and the stuff that we hear internally is that they're high on him. You know, they mm-hmm. they like him and, and they think that he's uh, he could potentially. You know, they're at least saying that they think he could potentially do the job. Uh, you know, to kind of set up the idea that they don't necessarily need to draft a guy uh, in the draft. I don't know that. I don't know that they would feel one hundred percent completely comfortable with the idea of Cedric Wilson being the only, you know, the the the, the main guy as your as your yeah, wide receiver no, three no. going in. Uh, I but I think that you know they're not like canceling the season if they if if they have to go out into the veteran free agency and sign a guy to compete with Cedric Wilson. So, yeah, Wilson's really competing for like the fourth receiver job, right? Like you know, yeah. Maybe the yeah, third th- outside job. Yeah, once we get to that that point, I think that's more likely. You know, he'll probably be that kind of uh, really what was more of like a, a what you know, that kind of fourth wide receiver guy like that basically mm-hmm. that, that you have that can play inside and out. If someone's injured, he's your first guy off the bench. Um, Hearns kind of played a similar role. It feels yeah, like right yep. where where you you just you, he's reliable. Uh, if someone gets hurt, he's he's not a playmaker. He's not a guy that you want out there that you're going to be designing plays for, or, or even sure. you know deploying out there in a three wide receiver set every time. Uh, or even a guy that if they go wide, that you would necessarily he would be the next guy on the on on the field. Like they may more likely put a Jarwin or someone like that. But what he is is he's a reliable player. He can play a a, a, a you know multitude of positions, uh, and he can and he can be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be. Uh, I think that's a role that Cedric Wilson, just based on what we've seen from his college tape and from what we've seen of him in the pros, that he can handle. Because I, I think. You know, he came into the league as a sneaky uh, downfield threat, so mm-hmm. I think he has that in his uh, in his bag. Even though he doesn't have necessarily great speed, I think he's added in some slot work there, and I think that kind of utility uh, just makes him kind of a valuable down roster uh, a contributor uh, who you know maybe even gives you some special teams looks as well. Uh, but just basically your classic wide receiver four is what I view him as. Yeah, I think a, a good maybe ceiling for him would be like what Josh Reynolds was for the Rams for the last couple of years, right? Where yeah. He's that. Yeah. He's the fourth receiver on a good offense where he can play a lot of different positions. Uh, you're not going to throw the ball to him a lot, but if somebody is out, uh, he can fill a couple different roles. So I think I think that's what the Cowboys are probably hoping for with Wilson. And again, if he can fill that role. Suddenly, receiver's not that big of a need because you could you could piece together probably a competent third and fourth receiver if Cedric Wilson ends up developing into one of those guys. Um, I want to talk about one more receiver, uh, and it's a guy that we both liked quite a bit during training camp last year. Uh, preseason was pretty rough for him, uh, but undrafted free agent uh, John Vea Johnson from Toledo. Uh, all the physical traits are there, just needs to become more consistent. Uh, what do you think about John Vea entering year two? Yeah, I actually think you know John Vea is one of the guys who I I, I imagined that this coaching staff would like. You know that, that they yeah, would yeah. see him on on the down roster and be uh, not excited, but be like, okay, cool. I'm glad to get my hands on this guy. I'm, I'm, there definitely would be willing to work with this guy. He just seems like the kind of player that would fit what McCarthy likes to do, and I think you know he kind of fits in a lot of what the Cowboys slash McCarthy like to do. Mm-hmm. So I I I think John Vea Johnson. You know, I mean, the, the the trend lines for him were you know very were steady, steady, it rising, rising, rising through training camp, and then he gets into preseason, and you know he 
uh, I think he he kind of had a couple drop passes. Yeah, it was he, quite a few. Uh, yeah, was, but he was getting it, it, open. That was the that was the thing. Is yeah, he was, that was getting open. He was just dropping passes. Yeah, and he wasn't dropping passes early on, so it, it felt like it was a thing that you know he just couldn't maintain. I think people forget there's a lot of pressure when you know like when you're in that route and you're going against. I mean, he was going against Guyton Wilson and all these other guys and, and Devin Smith and. And and so yeah. like there was all this pressure to uh, which is good because that's how you reveal whether these guys can make it or not right is there was yeah. all this kind of pressure to keep performing over and over again and the one thing that John Vea Johnson had going for him throughout that kind of last part was that you know Guyton Wilson uh, all these guys were kind of up and down and John Vea Johnson had remained consistent you know and yeah. had shown up and had good practice after good practice after good practice and then suddenly it kind of just near the end it, it just all fell apart for him. And uh, so I think that was part of the reason that they liked him a lot is that they felt like, you know, he held out for a really long time. And there clearly was a lot of things about him that you saw that you're like, okay, this is not just steady Eddie. He has playmaking ability Mm -hmm. if he could find a way to consistently keep it together. Uh, And I think that they were, after seeing how consistently he was able to do that before finally kind of relenting, they're like, okay, he just needs maybe one more year, and then he's going to be really ready to compete for a spot uh, in 2020. And, I, and I, that's what I imagine, is that he'll come in uh, and he'll compete for that fourth wide receiver spot, that fifth wide receiver spot, uh, and try to find a way to make a, a, a name for him. Because he does have traits that, you know, if he were able to raise his floor a little bit, and his consistency, I think that you would find a way you might find yourselves liking him on the field over uh, Cedric Wilson, just because I think if you can unleash sure. his, yeah. his talent and his skill set, he might have slightly more upside than uh, a guy like Wilson. Yeah, I agree. Uh, John Vey is one of the guys I'm really looking forward to seeing in training camp, uh, provided we do have one, uh, two guys in that mention real quick, uh, Lance Lenore, um, not going to be an option. He was released <laughs> by the Cowboys uh, yesterday. Sorry, Lance pour one out for all the Lance supporters. Um, and then Ventro Bryant. Uh, this kind of shocked me the other day, but how many games do you think Ventro Bryant was active for last year? A lot. And I, and I actually, I, I was, I was, I had noticed this near the end of the year that, you know, uh, people, it, what was funny is that when I started to notice it is when we started, people started talking about, uh, and, and to answer your question, is it like seven or eight? It's, it feels <laughs> 12. What was it? 12. That's crazy. So, so that's even the Cowboys, than I the Cowboys signed him on October second, and he or he played in every single game since they signed him. So, the, but the funny thing about it is that he. The reason I noticed it is because everyone was talking about how he plays kind of the Noah Brown role, mm-hmm. and I was and, and I realized at some point he he's played that role more than Noah Brown, so it's kind yeah. of the Ventrell Bryant role at this point. He had a little bit of an off field issue, didn't he? This this uh, he, yes. Yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he got... Uh, I think it was a DUI. A D- DUI, it? yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know how serious, but I mean, there was an off-field issue. Um, I, I think that, to me, uh, you know, I like, and I, I think I even more like that role uh, with in this kind of offense, you know? And I think that there is a spot for this type of player. I think that Cedric Wilson can also make himself eligible for this role if he if you know if he kind of has put on some 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 weight and i think from what i've heard is he has yeah is that such yep. wilson has put on like some muscle so 
I, I, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a battle at the end of that roster for, you know, that wide receiver five wide receiver. That light sexual. tight end position, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of no, like we call it the Noah Brown role, but it's just because Noah Brown was there when they kind of started developing it. But the I, Vince I think, Mail role, let's call it the Vince Mail. Yeah, role. the Vince Mail role. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's, you know, that light tight end position, I think is something that uh, that they they used a lot in the last few years. They've kind of, you know, picked up a couple different guys to do it. Um you know, I think that uh, whoever ends up in that role, uh, there, I think there is a a, a fight for that spot. Um, what what will be interesting to see though is, you know, we've talked about how Bones likes to use defensive players on special mm-hmm. teams more. So does that eliminate a certain amount of this role for the special teams wide receiver? You know, the Noah Brown kind of type situation. If so, if so, it, it could be uh, uh, an issue for guys like Brian, for guys like Brown and, and, and you know, Vince Mayle, if he came back. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I think that's the issue is that the the it'll be interesting to see how they fit if that role even exists in this offense next year. Yeah, that back end of the roster, the, the fights for wide receivers five and six between – Devin Smith and Ventral Bright, Noah Brown, John Vea Johnson. It, it's it's going to be in Cedric Wilson. Just a lot of names there. So it's going to be fun to kind of see how uh, that shakes out. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some guys on the other side of the ball that could impact the Cowboys draft plans. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, um, let's talk about two rookies from last year that the Cowboys drafted uh, on day three. Uh, Defensive end Joe Jackson and linebacker Jalen Jelks. Uh, And let's start with Jelks because I remember when the Cowboys drafted him last year. I think we did a podcast on Monday talking about all the picks. And I remember thinking Jelks projects probably more as a Sam linebacker in you know the NFL rather than a 4-3 defensive end and now that the Cowboys are maybe looking to use more of that you know designated pass rusher strong side linebacker player I think he fits in a little bit better uh, what do you think about Jelks entering 2020 well I do think that no matter what he he fits in a um a multiple you know, in, defense in, in a multiple yeah. defense for sure. I agree. Yeah, I, I think that he he he's definitely a guy that because of his body type, I think he could do all those things that you mentioned. He could reduce down into a defensive end. He could play Sam linebacker. He's big. He's got long arms. He's he's you know pretty tough for how how lanky he is. You know. Um, yep. I, I think yeah, 
that that is as a kind of fill fill in guy as a Kyle Wilbur type of uh, kind of do all type down roster guy. I think that's kind of his role uh, if he makes the team. I, I, that's the other thing is that I think depending on how they view him, he might be entering a very crowded room going into yeah. the next season. Yeah. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see exactly where, you know, honestly, I think a lot of what I'm interested in with, with Jelks is what room does he end up in the preseason? You know, does he end up in the defensive line room? Does he end up in the linebackers room? Probably linebacker Uh, room, probably. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see exactly uh, where he ends up. And, you know, he's so different. I mean, if he's in the linebacker room, He's so different than all the other guys in there, right? Oh, so yeah. I mean, he so, is a massive player, like 6'6", 255, something like that. Yeah, and so, like, at that point, do you – I mean, what what are we looking at doing with him, right? I think that, to me, he needs to be more of a hand-in-the-dirt guy, I think. You know, and yeah. like bulk him up a little bit. I, I think he will play that Sam linebacker spot, um, but I tend to think that – you know, you've got a couple of these kind of linebacker pass rusher types, and then I, I think that what what we need is more guys behind Demarcus Lawrence as a kind of closed end defensive end uh, that can also rush the passer on, on nickel situations. So maybe Jokes kind of steps into that spot with Armstrong. Maybe uh, I yeah. don't, you know I, I think it's it's really interesting to see how how all these guys fall into rooms. So I, I think Jokes is right, right at the top of of. How does he get distributed into the different personnel grouping rooms? Now, I don't have this guy on my list, but you just brought him up. Dorrance Armstrong. I, I don't feel like we're talking about him as much, but do you feel like he's probably just going to be Tank's backup this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've been waiting for him to break out. I keep waiting for him to break out. I know. I, you know, I, I, I still believe in Armstrong because I've seen it. You know, and and I and the other thing about it is that he's in. A, Still an incredibly young player. I think he's probably going to be 23. 22. 22? He's, 20, he's 22 right now. Yeah, so maybe he'll be 23 going into the season. He's still very as young as some of these players coming out of the mm-hmm. draft. So um, I'm not. I'm certainly not giving him up. Giving up on him, and I'm certainly not going to do it with the with the new coaching staff. Maybe a new coaching staff will get a little bit uh, some different stuff out of him. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know Jokes is kind of in the mix to back up. Uh, Armstrong, uh, back up uh, uh, Lawrence with Armstrong. But I think, yeah, as of right now, I mean, Armstrong is is got to be your backup, right? Yeah, I, I would I would assume. And I again, if Armstrong is a backup defensive end and he's only playing 10, 15 you know snaps a game behind Tank, you're doing good on that side of the ball. So I, I, yeah. I the left side of the, the defensive line, I feel really good about. It's that right side that has some questions. Um, another guy that we should bring up, Joe Jackson, uh, a fifth round pick last year. Admittedly, these are the kind of guys that I struggle with. You know, these really long power defensive ends that don't have much athleticism. I think Jackson's only like 260 pounds. Um, didn't play a whole lot as a rookie. I think he only played like 70-something snaps. What are we expecting from Jackson in year two? I think that Joe Jackson is the guy that, to me, of these down roster, you know, uh, defensive players that, that are kind of left over, uh, that I think is going to be the most useful of here, and, and hmm. I, 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 you know, he's he's a big guy. Like he's, I mean, yeah. let's, he's not jokes. He's more. He's closer to what you know Tyrone Crawford is at. You know, he's six four two seventy plus. Uh, so I think that he is. 
you know, I think he was kind of a tweener last year. They, you know, they liked him because of what he could do. The way he gets off the ball really well for a guy his size. Uh, he's not, you know, gumpy athletic, but I think he is got good burst off the line. He's got power, uh, and he can disrupt. I just think that he, they they have to find a spot for him. I think that in this defense, he's he he may be uh, uh, due for quite a, a a jump from what he was last year because I I, I think that. I think he was kind of miscast at times as a defensive end, you know, in, in a three, in a four three. I think uh, inside as a defensive tackle, I think he could get a little bit washed a little bit. Yeah. I think this is a guy who I don't know what he's going to look like coming in, you know, to his second year. I'm, I'm excited to see what he looks like, but I, I think that this is a guy that in this kind of multiple front defense. Could be extremely valuable and 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 be a guy that they move around in a couple different spots in the rotation as an inside outside guy, um, you know, just kind of a like a, a mirror of of what they what they want to do with Tyron Crawford. You know, six four two seventy five eighty inch wingspan. I mean, thirty four yeah. inch arms. Just a massive I'm, massive guy. I mean, this is a guy that if you wanted to line him up, and you see these, if you wanted to line him up as like a four eye. Right mm. or or like you know on top of a tackle at a five or something and, and or you know just shaded and let him get in a one gap. I think he can do that if you wanted him to play two gap a little bit with some help. I think maybe we'll see. that's that's what we need to see is with a year of of in the off season training program. Can he get strong enough that he can give you something as a two gapper uh, on the outside? Potentially, uh, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I like you know. Especially if they're going to be doing some of this under front stuff, where the the Sam linebacker is a pass rusher, you know, I, I like the idea of him being that uh, that kind of tight defensive end, right? That that's that can really t- you know take a, a an offensive tackle one on one and free up a pass rusher on the outside. Uh, I I think that he can provide a lot of uh, utility on your team just because he is so versatile. Uh, in a way that I think that they liked him for that last year. Yeah. But I think that you know now that you're talking about playing more versatile fronts, these guys become even more valuable. And, and I think Tyrone Crawford is a guy we haven't talked about a lot this off season because you know there's we a lot just of other no, stuff. I, we to have discuss. no idea how healthy he is either. That's the other. Yeah. Thing. But I think if he's healthy, Tyrone Crawford is is due for an interesting role change, and I think mm. uh, 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 one that will really kind of. He will be an even more useful player, and I think Joe Jackson is uh, along the lines going to have a similar sort of situation. Right now, Joe Jackson came into a tough situation last year because there just wasn't a lot of snaps available for him. He's in a four-three. He's really a left defensive end, and again, they already had Dorrance Armstrong. They already had Demarcus Lawrence. There just was no way that he's going to play. But in a multiple front, maybe you see you see him more. Um, let's take one more quick break, and we'll get back to two more defensive guys to pay attention to this year. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more. 
like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, we've talked about the Cowboys potentially needing a linebacker um, you know, in this draft. I know there's some rumors out there that they could draft Kenneth Murray in the first round. Um, I, admittedly, I'm still a fan of Luke Gifford. I, I thought he played really, really well in the preseason. It's pretty clear that the Cowboys liked him, or at least the previous staff liked him. Uh, why shouldn't I be more excited about Gifford coming into year two now that he's fully healthy? I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you know, that was the interesting thing to me too when, with the uh, with the Murray talk is because I I agree. I felt like that they were really high on Gifford and they had high hopes for what he could be, um, but maybe you know their uh, vision of that player was not you know as eventual starter but more of just like hey this would be a great down roster special teamer and then you you know of course like you mentioned you add in the fact that you've got a new defensive coordinator and and and, you know one who uh just came from being a linebackers coach you know so he's gonna have his own kind of specific particulars about that he likes the position Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe gifford doesn't necessarily fall in line with that as far as a developmental down roster guy so um I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it's I very really interesting. Like I, I do, do too. And I also think that, you know, that's why the whole thing with the linebacker situation to me is is fascinating because, I mean, really, linebacker to me is the one position that that I honestly don't think you you need to touch. You know, I well, think you've... I, 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 well, see, I disagree. I think, I think you could get a guy day three to come in and compete with you know, Chris Covington and Justin March for stuff. But it, you don't need a starter, You right? could, but, you, but you, you know, that's the thing is that, like, yeah, you definitely don't need a starter. You don't really even need – I mean, like, look, I, I think – let, let me put it this way. I, I would say almost every position group outside of maybe quarterback, like, needs – Something, whether that's an undrafted, whether that's an undrafted free agent or a free agent or a draft pick or whatever, there's almost every position group at least needs bodies in some form or another. I would say the linebacker is the one position that they don't need. Yeah, well, especially if you consider Jelks like a linebacker, like because then you have you know you've got Sean Lee and Jelks as your strong side linebackers. You've got Jalen in the middle with you know Luke Gifford backing him up. You've got Vander Esch as your weak side linebacker with Joe Thomas, Justin March Lillard, Chris Covington. Maybe you add a seventh round pick or UDFA, but I mean that's that's a lot of guys there. I mean Covington, Sean Lee, and Joe Thomas have all played Sam linebacker too. You know, right. and and and, right. and 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 depending on if you, how you want to shuffle those around, you, you could be looking at a uh, a Jalen Smith playing Sam linebacker and Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Esch in the middle, or Sean Lee and I mean Leighton sure. Vander Esch and Joe Thomas in the middle, or Joe you know Leighton Vander Esch. So if the idea is that you're 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 truly looking at more three four looks, which it doesn't sound like that's the case. It sounds more no. like it's the case that they're doing four three looks with th- some three four principles in it, which would t- which to me reads like, you know, uh, it's a pass rusher designated defensive pass rusher. Maybe some two gap principles mixed in with some one gap principles, similar to what Seattle has done at times. Sure, sure. You know, I-, I think that's what I look at, and when I think about that stuff, I mean, that doesn't lead me to think we need 
more linebackers, right? Like, I, I feel like I, we I still have the linebackers we need. So I think that this may be what – I, what I guess I'm getting at is that I, I wonder if this new coaching staff just disagrees about Luke Gifford. Maybe. Because if they, if, they don't see, if they don't see him at that same level of you know, high ceiling, maybe that's why they're, you know, they feel like they need to go see, get this a is, young guy to develop. This is why it's so tough with the having no offseason, right? Because they really – they don't – the new coaching staff doesn't get to see Luke Gifford, right? He only played one preseason game last year before getting hurt. So they don't get to see – I mean, maybe they have the practice footage and maybe they're looking at it, but I kind of doubt it. So they probably don't get to see what we all saw from Gifford – in training camp last year, so you you could be right. Um, really quick, one thing before before we move on. Did you see uh, Logan Wilson, the linebacker from Wyoming, is getting first round buzz now? Th- that seems what? Yeah, I think Daniel Jeremiah said he's a a, a sneaky first round candidate. He said he said a couple uh, right, teams. Uh, he said a couple teams have him graded higher than Leighton Vander Esch coming out of college. Uh, wow. Uh... Well, I'll tell you this, and this may be a hot take. I I think I kind of prefer him over Murray. Well, one can cover and one can't. So, I mean, I don't disagree <laughs> with you there. So I don't I know. Mean, I mean, I just like I don't have a grade on Murray, but I mean, if you're talking about like the functionality of a linebacker, you want one that's not going to be limited to only moving forward. In yeah, the NFL. I, I mean, I I, de- I definitely before you just told me that I definitely would say that. Uh, I would have normally preferred Logan where I could get Logan definitely oh, yeah. over where I could get Murray. But now that we're talking about both in the, uh, the first round, I I still might prefer Logan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, last guy, the the ultimate unicorn, Chris Westry, cornerback yeah. from Kentucky, uh, a Chris Richard project. By the way, uh, what's Chris Richard doing right now? Didn't he have head coaching interviews last year? Never mind. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, Chris Westry, six foot four, two hundred pounds, reigning the four threes. Uh, is there any hope that he can make an impact this year? Uh, first of all, how dare you, sir? Matt Johnson is the ultimate. Uh, oh, there you go. That's true. Man, how dare you, oh, sir? Remember that red field where we got to watch all the tape from? Oh, that was so much. It hurt my eyes, man. I know. <laughs> uh, my my the, the my favorite thing was again the most Matt Johnson thing ever was the that day at practice in front of the media where he caught an amazing diving interception and then immediately had to go to the medical tent because he got hurt on the play. So that that's the most Matt Johnson uh, thing ever. Uh, okay. Chris Westry. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he's, like, he's just so far away. Like, he yeah. is a, the, one of the basketball scouting terms. He seems like he is two years away from being two years away. He's the, <laughs> he's the Rico <laughs> Gathers of, uh, of defensive oh. prospect. Yeah, I just... He's he's. I don't know that he can survive in a as a cornerback in a system outside of a Chris Richard system. Sure. Yeah. Um. I I would say that if they they keep him, they may want to think about moving him to safety. But he's not physical or no. you know any of those things that you need in a safety either. I just I don't know, man. I I. I'd, I'd like to see where he is. Maybe he had. Uh, maybe he's changed his body a little bit. He needs to get a lot stronger. Yeah, and if he's gotten big and strong and he still maintained his quickness, then heck yeah. I mean, I'm interested sure. in him. But if he's a guy who is always going to be a bean pole, uh, you know, is always going to be a, a, a yeah two hundred pound six four guy, like or you know what I'm saying, like sub two hundred yeah. pound six four guy. I yeah, I don't. 
I don't know how long. I, I don't think he's one of these guys that the Cowboys are changing their draft plans around. Yeah, right. Th- this the, the whole premise of this of this pod really is: Hey, these are guys that may be uh, in the back of the coaches and the GMs' minds when they're drafting. Yeah. Right. With okay, well, we don't need this guy because I do really like this guy that we've already got. I don't yeah. know that Chris Westry it falls into that category just because no, I agree. he's so exclusively a, a, a Richard guy that I don't know how much interest the team. Though they haven't gotten rid of him yet. I just I just don't know how much he factors into their plans. He did outlast Donovan Alumbo, which I do think is kind of interesting that the Cowboys decided to to keep him and release Alumba this offseason. So uh, again, they're not there. gonna be counting That's a good point. They're not gonna be counting on him. But he's somebody to just keep in mind as a maybe down-the-roster cornerback. Yeah. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.